Hello, booty lovers and booty curious. Welcome to season two of the Plug Podcast. I'm your host, Luna Matadas. I'm a sex and pleasure educator. And here on the Plug, we are taking anal sex conversations even deeper. Season one, we had amazing conversations with experts all about poop and pain, booty toys, prostate pleasure, eating ass, analgasms, pegging, and I'm really excited to welcome you to season two, where we are bringing in more experts. We're even inviting your booty wisdom into the conversation. The plug is made possible by B-Vibe. B-Vibe is an award-winning sex toy company. They brought you the world's first rimming butt plug and continue to innovate with pleasure education and high-end sex toys. We have more ways for you to get into anal pleasure tips this season we have our new instagram the plug by b vibe so head over there and give us a follow and make sure that you're subscribed to us wherever you listen to podcasts we have double the episodes in season two so keep an eye out for ways to chat with us about bum pleasure in this episode of season two, I'm talking with, oh, I'm fanning myself because I'm fangirling for our guest. I'm talking with Dr. Uchenna UC Osai, who is an amazing human, a talented pelvic health physical therapist, and an all round awesome, wonderful friend of mine. She is also a sex-positive pelvic health physical therapist and sexuality educator and counselor. Dr. UC is an assistant professor at the University of Texas Dell Medical School and also serves as a pelvic health program manager at UT Health Austin. She's on the faculty for the University of Michigan School of Social Work's Sexual Health Certification Program. Dr. UC is one of the few licensed physical therapists in the world with an ASEC certification in sexuality counseling, as well as being one of the, the only black physical therapists with this specific designation. Dr. UC spends her days treating people with both sexual and pelvic floor dysfunction and her evenings educating the masses on everything that has to do with sexy time. When it comes to sexual intelligence and great sex education, UC embraces always being unapologetically real, happily crunk, and deliciously kind. I can attest to all of these things about Dr. UC. Her Instagram is fire. It's so funny. It's so accessible. And it's so full of wisdom. And uh, you will enjoy our conversation so much. We really dig into the anal pelvic floor, as well as a lot of assumptions and, and shame that some of us have with talking with healthcare providers. So enjoy this episode. Oh my gosh, Yusi. Welcome. Welcome to the Plug Podcast. Yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> And for those of you who don't know UC, UC always has incredible fashion. So she's wearing these big, gorgeous earrings. She's got a cute t-shirt. She's always got a poppin' lip. So I am inspired by you on so many different levels. And I, I have to share with everyone our trampoline love story. We were just giggling about it. Uh, UC and I were in California doing some education stuff. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, like, I don't know how all of you, like, how old all of you are, but you know, I'm 41, and, and so at that time I was in my late 30s, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, tramp- you're 38. There you go. Like I was like, trampolining sounds like a great idea for us in our our late 30s. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we just rocked that trampoline. Like it was so much play. I definitely hurt my knee, but I didn't even tell you. I was like, this is not a thing. 
Hey, you had two black and brown queens just bouncing to their heart's content. You know, we probably should have stretched beforehand. Yeah, that might have been some type of preparation so we didn't injure ourselves or further injure ourselves. But, you know, I felt like it was a bonding time and we had a ball. We had a ball. And we have a great boomerang from it, which I don't know. Should we should we show them someday? Maybe we'll show them someday. We should. We should. Maybe that should be like the picture intro for (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. Yes. If you want to see this happen, you gotta head over to the plug by B Vibe on Instagram and maybe you'll see our boomerang of this. We'll we'll see. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here, you see, and on this like really special topic. Um, I mean, I love all of your your education work. You're brilliant. I learned so much from you. You were the one I think I before I even met you, I heard you talking about um, pelvic floor therapist. And I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. And it encouraged me to go seek out a pelvic floor therapist. And it was the best thing that I've done for my body. It was incredible. So can you tell us a bit about you and how you came into this space and are you inspiring me and all, everyone else? Well, first of all, thank you, Luna. That is the kindest intro, kindest, uh, kind words. And I feel so honored to have been brought into your friend circle and as a colleague as well, because I've learned so much from you and you've given me so much confidence and swagger, especially when coming to butt stuff. So that being said, so pelvic health physical therapy or physiotherapy, because when we're thinking of it from an international audience, it's physiotherapy. We are physiotherapists that specialize in tr- in treating the pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor are the muscles at the bottom end of your pelvis. So like they're basically the floor of your pelvis. They okay. are attached at your pubic bone in the front, all the way back to your tailbone or coccyx in the back. And they hold all of your organs inside of you. They stabilize your pelvis. But most importantly, they help you with urination sexy time, babies if you so choose, and pooping. And the thing that people forget about the pelvic floor, and you've heard me say this many times, Luna, is that the pelvic floor is a loyal gangster to your spine and your Mm. hips. So you can't really think of your pelvic floor truly in isolation because if things are messed up with your hips, your pelvic floor is going to be impacted. If if your spine or your back isn't functioning properly, your pelvic floor will be impacted. So a pelvic health physiotherapist is not only focused on the pelvic floor, but they have a really robust understanding on the nervous system, the musculoskeletal system, all of those components that feed into that part of your body, whether that whether the issues are pain, uh, bladder, bowel control, all of the things. Ooh. Yeah, because I think, I think so many of us only come into knowledge about the pelvic floor when we hear the word, Kegels. And that's often only people with vulvas who are, are thinking about Kegels. So, but everyone has a, a pelvic floor, right? And anyone can do Kegels? Everyone has a pelvic floor. Anyone can do Kegels or pelvic floor contractions. That's the, like the official way to say it, but Kegels are okay. perfectly fine. Um, the thing about the pelvic floor is that everyone says, oh, you have to do your Kegels, have to do your Kegels. But That's not always true because some people, their muscles are too tight. They're holding too much tone. And if they do Kegels, it actually makes things worse for them. So not Mm. only from a pain perspective, but if someone has chronic constipation and they're like super duper clenchers, 
in their pelvic floor. And they're like, oh yeah, let me do Kegels because it'll make it better. And then they actually, it makes things worse. Then, you know, so that's why when it comes to pelvic floor issues, so if you're a person with pelvic floor dysfunction, and that's an umbrella term for anything that goes wrong below the navel and above the knee, right? So bowel issues, bladder issues, sexual dysfunction, you name it. Um, If your person has pelvic floor dysfunction, it's really important to be evaluated by a pelvic health physiotherapist or a specialist in that region, whether it's a urologist, a colorectal specialist, a urogynecologist, or a gynecologist first before you engage in Kegels. Now, if you're a person where you don't have any issues, like you're perfectly fine, you don't have constipation, you're not leaking, you don't have, you don't have any of that, then you can go ahead and do, you know, Kegels on a regular basis, just like you would do squats or crunches or bicep curls, because it is a muscle that needs to be trained and maintained. Hey, I like it. I like thinking of it that way, like a muscle that needs to be trained and maintained, but also according to whatever your body happens to need, whether it's tighter or just stronger. Because I, I, I think, and, and I think you've covered this on some of your wonderful Instagram, uh, Truth or Nonsense. And if you haven't tuned into UC Logic, we'll put all those links for you in the show notes. You have to because there is great dancing. There is. <laughs> okay, I think that's a, that's an aggressive description. <laughs> I it's an aggressive describe, dancing. You do the worm, and I'm like, how did you get up off the floor? <laughs> like, girl, I can't get okay. up off the floor. <laughs> that was not the worm. That was me gyrating on the floor, <laughs> attempting to do the worm. But you are so kind. Thank you for describing my dancing as great when I know it is far from that. <laughs> I just have zero. So <laughs> I, I, love, I love that whole series, but I especially love the ones where you tackle these myths around tightness or that a tighter vagina is a better vagina. And so tell us why, like, that's, that's a myth. Like, why is, why is this not a thing? Cause I think some people are also applying it to anal sex that, that the more tighter that you are. And so they're using less lube. They're, you know, trying to, to get a, a tighter fit for more pleasure. Patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> to sum it up, <laughs> that's yeah. the reason that people think tighter is better. It's all of these, um, no matter what gender identity you inhabit, we all internalize the societal gender norms for the genitals we have, whether or not we are woke and dope, right? And so that can manifest itself in our sexual encounters with our partners because if we don't actively work on dismantling that in our own mindset, in our own, you know, kind of perspective and perception of sex, yes, then we are going to kind of perpetuate that in our sexual activities. And so I always tell people that the concept of a loose vagina isn't really a thing. So a woman and a vagina owner, right? If they have a lot of penetrative sex, it doesn't make their vagina big or gaping or flapping in the wind, right? That's, that's not a thing because how many times do men and penis owners have sex or jack off? Yes. Yes. Do their penises whittle to nothing to a toothpick because they're, you know, choking the Bishop. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) You, yeah. Yeah. You can say flogging the dolphin, banking the monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Or having penetrative intercourse. (laughs) 
with someone, right? <laughs> and so my that's my point. So we're not going to think that about people with penises. So why would we think that with people with vaginas? Why would we think that with the anus? Now, the thing about the anus, and I think we're going to get to this later on. Go for that it, yeah. We have less, the research has less understanding about that, about what anal sex does from the long term in terms of fecal incontinence, in terms of how the research was done. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of critiques there, right? You have to break, break the research down, even down to the mindset and the goals of the primary investigators of, of these studies. Ooh. So, so, you know, I, I mean, do you want to talk about that now or should we wait? You know, we wait? no, go for it. You've, you've laid the breadcrumbs, so I, I need to eat them. Go for it. Yes, of course. <laughs> so here's the thing. So I had, I have a lot of people who ask me, is, is anal sex going to cause fecal incontinence? And I'm going to say to them, I don't know. I say that because the people that I'm seeing have yes. pelvic floor dysfunction. Right right? Their pelvic floor is already not functioning the way that it should. So from that perspective, if my patient has low muscle tone, not, and that low muscle tone is not because they have anal, they're having anal sex. It's for other reasons that have nothing to do with their, you know, how they interact with sex. Okay. But if they have low muscle tone and they're like saying, okay, I want to have anal sex. I'm like, okay. So what we have to do is we have to focus on elevating your pelvic floor muscle tone. We need to get you stronger. We need to make sure that you have more passive, you know, kind of restriction and tension to hold in your, your stool. Because I don't want you, because you're already struggling with, you know, control in the bladder. We just need to make sure that the whole pelvic floor is functioning properly. So then when we get your pelvic floor to where it needs to be, knock yourself out. Oh, okay. So this isn't a one size fits all It's not a one size fits all. It's really not. If you're perfectly healthy and you're using lubricant, you're, you're prepping the anus, you're you know, you're kind of training it, right? Right. Training it up in a proper and safe way. Have fun. Yes. But if you have other issues that are impacting how your pelvic floor is functioning, whether it's bladder issues, pain, bowel issues, then you may want to take a pause, work with the pelvic health physio and other specialists who focus on that area, make sure that everything is on the up and up or you're on the men or at least have a nice rehabilitation plan and then approach it from there. Okay. Okay. So if someone was dealing with, um, let's say, signs of anal prolapse or um, anal fecal incontinence or even pain during anal sex to the mm-hmm. point where it's not just discomfort would, would pelvic floor physiotherapy yes, be something yes. they can yeah okay yes now when you're thinking about anal prolapse you know usually that's going to be corrected with surgery okay. um, but pelvic health physiotherapy is very important because the surgery is going to help the prolapse but the muscles are going to maintain that's the outcome of the surgery oh, so okay. you want to make sure that you're strengthening those muscles and they're just up they're up for the task of supporting that part of your body. Okay. Right. Because what we'll say to women and vagina owners who have a vaginal prolapse, you know, or uterine prolapse, a cystocele, rectocele, we'll tell them, they'll say, oh, I shouldn't be having sex. And we're saying, not necessarily. It's not that you shouldn't be having sex. It's just that you need to understand that if you are physically uncomfortable, 
right? If you feel like your symptoms are worse, you, you can't, you don't like the pressure at the vagina, you don't like the tissues hanging out, right? Okay. Then don't engage in activity that's going to not make you feel good. Mm. Oh, that's great advice. Right? Don't engage in activity that's not going to make you feel good physically or if it's going to make you self-conscious. Most people with any type of prolapse, anal prolapse, vaginal prolapse, they're going to deal, be struggling with some, you know, genital body image issues. Yes. And that can be really, really hard to manage. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about the anatomy and all those changes and experiencing that type of thing, you know, it's, it's really difficult because that's a part of you and you're like, well, it's actually falling out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually incredibly common. Mm. Okay. I didn't know that. See, I thought it was something that was, was very specific. And so then that furthers my, my fear about, Oh my God, I touched my butthole or my, my vagina. Yeah, like, is well, part of it coming out? Pelvic organ prolapse is incredibly common. Anal prolapse, so the pro- prolapse through the external anal sphincter is less common, but it still occurs. Okay. And usually, you know, especially if it's coming completely out, that's a surgical correction. That's something where you most definitely need surgery um, okay. to help correct that. MCASIR is good, it's, but it's like, it's a learning curve. So, so I love hearing you talk about how exercises or pelvic floor contractions are, are things that after surgery or, or after correction help kind of maintain this area. So mm-hmm. if, um, so tell me why then, because I'm really curious about, I'm, can you, this is my Kegel face. Are you looking at my Kegel face? I'm doing a yes, Kegel face. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm staring at it. <laughs> You're really I'm focused so, and I love it. I'm so, I don't know if I, it's really hard to talk and do it at the same time. Okay, so if. If I'm doing a Kegel and my butthole kind of flares, does that, what does that mean? Like, is it, so your butt, it? so when yeah. you squeeze, so let me, let me make sure I understand exactly what you're telling me. Yeah. When you're doing a Kegel, you're saying that your butthole pushes out. I don't know. Or I'm engaging it somehow. Like if I'm doing a Kegel, I feel it's doing a little like, Hey, like it's a room. It, it wants attention. Hey. Oh, like boop, boop. Pay yeah. attention to me. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's what I, I'm going to tell everyone. So think of your, so everyone's sitting down or walking or, you know, whatever. Um, if you're sitting, just imagine, find your butt bones, right? Your ischial tuberosities, right? That's your sit bones. And your pelvic floor is between those. And so what you're going to do when you want to do a proper pelvic floor contraction, so let's start with women and vagina owners. So I want you to go ahead and think about all three holes, the anus, vagina, and the urethra. Okay. You're going to exhale at the same time as you squeeze and pull up your anus, vagina, and urethra, like you're picking up a napkin. So it should feel like you're just lifting up towards your head and then releasing back down. Oh, that's so much effort. It's so much effort. And so all of you are sitting upright. So lean hip, hinge forward at your hips to repeat that. So squeeze and pull up. So you're, you should feel that more in the front. Some more in the urethra and the vagina. And then if you lean back, you do that again, you're going to feel it more around the anus. Yes. Okay. Ah, uh-huh. Cool. Right? Thank you. <laughs> now I'm going to have a whole bunch of different like faces. I'll have the right. forehead, I'll have the leaning back. Right. Let's get into the penis owners and the men. So you're going to imagine, same thing, you're going to be sitting upright and imagine that your penis is like the head of a turtle. And you're going to pull your penis into your body like a turtle's head going into a shell, as well as tightening the anus. So you want both penis and anus activated. Okay? 
and you're going to release completely. And you can do the same thing with the lean forward pulling in. So you should feel that more in the front and leaning back at the penis, excuse me, and then leaning back, you're going to do the same thing and you're feeling it more at the anus. Okay. So what's important about a proper Kegel is that the, remember that the contraction, so the squeeze and the lift is just as important as the relaxation. So you want to fully relax before you do another contraction. People always ask me, should I hold? Should I do quick flick? Should I do this? And the thing is, is like, I don't know, right? So what I tell people is that if you have a healthy pelvic floor, what you should do is you should do a 10 second test. So you're going to squeeze and hold your pelvic floor for 10 seconds. If you can maintain the same intensity of strength, the same degree of strength, for 10 seconds and hold for 10 seconds. But if you notice, okay, I, I was really good. And then within three seconds, I dropped off. Yeah, that was hard. Then, then start with like two second hold. Start like, let me hold for two seconds and rest for four. And then let me see if I can repeat that five times and do two sets of five with the 30 second or 15 second rest in between. And then as you get stronger, you can build up. Same thing with the amount of reps of the regular ones. You could do, you could start with a 10 rep max. So if you can do 10 reps, no problem. Great. But if you're like, oh, I start to get tired around five, then start with two sets of five regular contractions and build up from there. Thank you for explaining that, because I think that so many of us might have engagement with our pelvic floor uh, intentionally sort of throughout the day, maybe through bowel movements or, you know, our urinary movements. But I feel that there's it's sometimes for people, it's hard to, to identify the areas where they need relaxation during vaginal or, or anal penetrative sex. And so I love this idea of, you know, really trying to even just play with like identifying where these, these areas are and how easily they can tense up if we're, we're in our bodies really tight, anticipating pain from anal and we're worried that it's going to hurt and we don't really like it, but we want to do it for our partner or, you know, any of these things that, that are, are not necessarily lubricants for for anal sex right they're they're not the social lube we need absolutely Absolutely. yeah and so how how if you find that uh you are tensing up during anal is there anything that that we can do to to breathe into our pelvic floors or anything that we can do would that help or is that kind of so are you thinking are you thinking you're tensing up to a point where you feel discomfort I think I think for some people they do. Yeah, yeah, I think I I have lots of clients where they feel that um they're not even aware. They you know in their head they want it to happen but their body is afraid of either pain or previous experiences. Yes, okay. So here's the thing. We all we want to remember that our previous sexual experience as we all know kind of make their way into the bedroom. And so if your body goes into stranger danger mode, even if it, even if you're not consciously in the stranger danger mode, but you're like, you're like, man, things are getting a little too tight to where I'm, I'm feeling discomfort in a way that's not pleasurable to me. Okay. Mm. So I'm not, I want to make that dis, that clarification. If you're having discomfort, that's not pleasurable to you and distracting you from your sexually time pleasure. Then I always tell people to slow it down or do a kind of what I call like a sexy time pause. So your partner can still be inside of you and you can take that moment to just breathe, stimulate another part of your body that feels really good. Another erogenous zone, nipples, inner thighs, ears, wherever, whatever literally floats your boat, (laughs) Um, you know, get that engaged while you're taking the time to get back into your body and breathe. So I, I recommend taking some diaphragmatic breaths. Ooh. 
So inhaling through your nose, allowing the belly to expand. When you do that, your diaphragm drops down and your pelvic floor can relax a little bit. So taking five intentional belly breaths, which is basically almost like doing a reverse Kegel if your pelvic floor is linked into that, you know, if your pelvic floor is coordinated enough, um, that can be super, super helpful. Because I tell people that belly breaths are like little love notes to yourself. So beautiful. Yeah, because it helps to quiet down your nervous system and to upregulate your parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system, which is basically like the yogi part of your nervous system, but it also regulates your bowels. And so to get everything to calm down, you really need that, that parasympathetic nervous system to be elevated because your sympathetic nervous system is thinking that there's a bear around the corner and it's ready to, to bolt. And so you want to do anything you can to kind of help establish that calm. And then once you kind of get past that moment, then you can kind of resume and in whatever fashion you want. That's so, so helpful. And, and just to clarify, you're talking about like grizzly bears, not like, you know, like a bear daddy who's like coming. Oh, not like a bear daddy. I'm sorry. Yes. Like Like an Alaskan grizzly bear. I was like, maybe some people got excited when they heard there's a bear. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Oh my gosh. No, I mean like an Alaskan grizzly bear that will eat you because it hasn't had anything in months. <laughs> not I was like the only one that thought way. that. I don't know. <laughs> that will not. Gosh, I keep saying. I'm just like putting my foot in my mouth. It's okay. <laughs> let's do a lion. Oh my gosh, that's not. Even no, right. I'm just dirty. I think everyone understood but me. <laughs> that's where my head went. I was like, Daddy Bear. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, eat me, Daddy. And it's like, nope, that's not what I meant. Not in a fun way. Like literally, physically consume you to bits. But again, still, that sounds very sexy. But thank you for that wisdom on that, because I I think hearing you explain the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems and how they work and which one we have control over, which one's more involuntary. That's so important for anal where we're like, I'm going to do this tonight. We're going to get her done. And, you know, sometimes our body, you know, the butt's not in the mood. So you got to honor the butt and either try and soothe the butt. I love those belly breaths. That's such a great idea. And for partners who are givers, like to hear you give that information, you know, encourage your partner. You can be like, babe, you know, give me one of those big belly breaths. Like, let me see your, like, your deep let breath. Me see that I want to breathe you in. I want to feel that pelvic floor release around me, you know? There you That's go. That's like, yeah. You know? Ooh, you were like a dirty them. talking doc. I love it. I love how both of our voices kind of got low, you know? <laughs> this just turns into erotica. <laughs> <laughs> You were all like good in science, and then I was like, "There's erotica," you know. I'm like, I'm like, "Oh my god, yes!" But oh my god, no! Like, oh man, it just went off the rails. As usual, Doctor Yuji, you are so like so freaking joyful in in your you know this this wonderful like kind of clinical approach and like your your amazing wisdom and training in this area, and you're amazing as this like playful, warm, empathetic, inclusive, intersectional sex educator. So I, I would love to talk to like, I know they kind of go together, but I'd love to, to hear from you. You know, what are, what are some questions you often get about anal sex or advice that you would give to people who are writing in about it? Because from sex educator to sex educator, it is like one of the most popular 
topics that I get asked about even before I was the host of the anal <laughs> sex podcast. It just it's everyone's so curious about it because there isn't quality information about it. Um, and lots of people are learning from porn. So I'd love to hear what you hear through Truth and Nonsense or Bourbon Tales. Yeah, I think one of the most common questions is about, you know, how, especially, I think one of the most common questions I get, particularly from hetero couples, is, you know, the dude emailing me because their partner, wife, girlfriend, partner, boo thing, whatever, um, had an accident while they had anal sex for the first time. Okay. And for some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, like that's, you know, child's play. But I think oftentimes, you know, I, and, and I also get this from my, my patients as well, worried that they have fecal incontinence because they had an accident or they pooped on their partner. And I'm like, you don't have fecal incontinence. You probably, there are lots of reasons why this happens. We all know the reasons, right? They probably didn't prep well enough. You know, they were probably really stressed out. They were probably really nervous or probably just hit a nerve and got things going. Like, there's so many yeah. reasons why this butt has a day job. It has a shitty day it job. It has a day job. <laughs> Literally like, a shitty day job. Like it has a shitty day and night, 24 sevs. <laughs> it don't give a shit. Am I allowed to cuss? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> it don't, I mean, it gives a shit, and, which is probably why you had a shit. And that is okay. We all grown. We're all grown. Yes. And I think, though, I think what's most important I, in this situation is I spend a lot of time talking to my, my patients and clients about training the anus. Like you said, Luna, so perfectly honoring what the anus, what the rectum does. And it's the same thing when we're talking about penis and vagina sex, solo sex. You really need to understand what, you're, what the, the context in which you're having sex, sex in, right? Yeah you know, are you a little more elevated than your usual? You know, that might, with anxiety, depression, if, are you preoccupied? Are you not able to tune into your body the way you usually do without a second thought, right? And if you notice that you're not, then you may have to change your approach. You may have to slow things down. You may have to cut things short. You may have to do a little bit more of a hodgepodge mix of like, okay, we're going to do like butt stuff and nipple stuff and like, choking and spanking and instead of just butt stuff tonight, you know, like just play around with that. So I think that having that, you know, flexibility is really important. But before you have that flexibility, you need to understand your body. You need to know your body. Mm. So that's like one of the more common questions. I think for my patients who where their primary, um, primary way of having sex is anal sex, whether that's, you know, just all the whole runs the gamut, right? Um, the most common question is pain. Mm, okay. I get a lot of pain questions. And I think that's also the nature of my job because I'm a pelvic health physio. They, they will ask me, you know, Hey, I, you know, I've been having anal sex for years, no problem. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just not as comfortable as it used yeah. to be. And I don't know what's going on. What's wrong? <laughs> and the thing about it is, depending on your medical history, depending on what's going on, depending on if you're going through menopause or if you're going through prostate stuff, mm. things change as we age, homies. And I'm not saying that you can't engage in anal play, but you might have to change the approach and how you prepare for anal play or how you engage in the anal play. You may not yeah. be able to take that big dildo that you used to take. 
you might have to bring it down a little bit, but that means we can kind of sensitize other parts of your body. So you can still have that delicious, fun orgasm that you usually get from like using that large dildo. And I've had to do that with some of my patients and clients where they brought in, you know, their toys. And I said, okay, you know, listen, like, I think right now, based on what I'm seeing, this might be a little bit too big for the time being. Why this is happening, I'm not really sure yet. But in the interim, here's what we're going to do to modify this so we can get to the bottom of it. That's brilliant. Right? You can still have your pleasure. Let's scale it back a touch. Only because we need to, we need to make you comfortable and while, we, while we triage this properly. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. Thank you for, for enabling people to be patient and slow and, and creative in their approach to anal. Because I think we get stuck with there's one way to do something or we're focused on the penetration part or our eyes are bigger than our butts. And, you know, and we yep. want something super huge, but it doesn't eyes necessarily mean always bigger than our butts. Right? Eyes are always bigger than our butts. Yeah. Like mine was too when I first started receiving That's anal. Weird. Even when I started giving anal, I was like, I want to put this big thing in there. Yeah. And the butt just doesn't work that way. And I mean, porn has shown us, you know, lots of. Um, performance type of anal sex where there's editing and scripting and preparation. And that's not the best for those of us who are having non-performative anal sex. And and I love what you talk about, about finding new ways to do this, because I think there's also a rushing to the penetration that is creating lots of pain for people. And my yes. rule is, if I'm playing with someone's butt, I want to make sure that they don't even know when it's when it's time for penetration. Like they are so relaxed into the sensations of I could eat ass for an hour. I could play with, you know, your butthole massaging it or putting a vibrator against it. And then when your butt is so hungry, it's going to want that, that penetration. Yes. 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 It's literally going to be like, please feed me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) your anal sex voice is so cute. (laughs) My booty hole's like, give it to me. (laughs) Mine is like, here's my Daisy. You know, (laughs) mine has a neck beard. (laughs) (laughs) Yours has, yours has like face tattoos and stuff. (laughs) It totally does. That's how she moves in this world. Listen, <laughs> I love me a good face tattoo. You're like, yes, honey, yes. Mm-hmm. It hurts me that I'm attracted to that, but I am. <laughs> Never leads me anywhere good. Hey, listen, don't yuck anyone's yum, which is definitely my yum. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a great segue into how do you talk with people about anal shame? Like, do they? they I mean, as a practitioner and as an educator, because I wonder if people come in kind of wanting to talk to you about that stuff, but feel that maybe it's not appropriate. Here's what I do, because I, as a healthcare provider, I think it is our responsibility to ask about anal sex. I ask my patients, are you sexually active? Yes. Okay. And depending on the gender identity and the gender, the gender identity and the genitals they have, I ask, okay, do you engage in penetrative sex in the anus, vagina, and, or are you receiving, you know, how is this engaged? I need to know specifically what's going on to help them. Yes. Because if I have a, you know, cis male coming into my clinic and they're saying I'm having anal pain and um, I engage in both, you know, sex with all genders, 
receiver giver. And I'm like, okay, great. Then that's really helpful to me. And then I can kind of, and it's, and it's just part of their story. It's not the story. It's part of their story. And that will help me kind of ask questions and be able to delineate and be like, oh, it really, this didn't start when they started having anal sex. This started when they like, you know, start to develop, you know, symptoms consistent with Crohn's disease. And now does that make sense? So that's, that helps me pull that together, but it's helpful because, you know, if he, if they're telling me that they're having anal sex, then I can make recommendations based on that. But if they're telling me, if I, if they're saying they're sexually active and I don't know, I can't, I don't, that's not a full picture. I'm not doing my job. So I, I remove the shame by validating it as something as part of their health and wellness. And therefore I work on creating the safest space possible for my patients and clients so that they can communicate with me in an open and safe way. Mm, I wish everyone had this experience. Like I, I, I can't tell you the number of practitioners I've been in front of that assume because I'm a, a cis female that I'm just having vaginal sex, maybe oral sex, but, and with penises um, and, and really erasing so many parts of my, my queer identity and my, my sexual other parts of my identity. I mean, everyone has a butthole. So why aren't we asking about, you know, anal for like anybody that has a butthole? A hundred percent. And I, I yeah. think that that fear of, you know, the, the butt shame is real. And I love that question. It's so real. Um, especially when I work with couples and we, and especially if I start working with a patient and, they've told me everything, but then they might bring their partner in so I can do partner training and dealing with whatever issue they have. And then we start having discussion about sex. And I said, well, the last time you had intercourse, you said that there was a lot of pain, you know, towards the end of like your, the anal sex you were having. And their partner's like, oh my God, I can't believe you told her that, you know, that type of thing. (laughs) And, and, (laughs) you know, because I've gotten that a lot too. And I'm like, oh, you know, well, really, this is one of their goals in physical therapy was to address this anal pain they have during anal sex. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's part, I literally am asking because this is one of their actual documented goals. My rule is be good to your own butt and be good to the butts that you're lucky enough to get to play with. So if you're looking to treat yourself or maybe you're looking to gift something to someone, head over to bvibe.com and check out the triplet anal beads. Now the triplet anal beads are fantastic. They feature these three flexible tapered size beads and it's got this really easy to grip handle that also sits well against the body. So if you're worried about something popping out while you're doing other types of sex, that's not going to happen with these beads it's got two powerful motors which you can control via a remote control so you can hand that over to your partner or you can have a hands-free experience during anal masturbation with yourself they are 100% body safe silicone and while you're shopping on bvibe.com you can use code luna l-u-n-a to save 30% off of all bvibe branded products yeah, you're not trying to push anal on everybody. <laughs> like, nope. like you're talking about possible pleasure things that people are doing. And yeah. and I really value you as as this sex positive, um, you know, pelvic floor physiotherapist because 
the first pelvic floor physio that I went to, I was all like, you're going to be all up in my vagina. I can talk about whatever I want. And I could not. She was very uncomfortable. She used words like climax and told me to, you know, orgasm differently. And, and it was it was just very, very dismissive of my experience. It was very just kind of shooting out. And I could tell she was uncomfortable. So then that made me pull back. And so I think it's just so valuable to have sex positive clinicians like like you. And so thank you for existing in this interview. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I, I appreciate you. I, but I think it, it really is truly um, the responsibility of anyone taking care of anyone's body whether you're from a massage therapist to a nurse to um, a physician to a physiotherapist, we all need to be, you know, we all need to at least have the baseline training to yeah. do a sex positive, physical, mental health, sexual health interview. Is that um, part so of your course. training? Is that part of PT's training? Like sex oh, positive? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, homie. I had to do a whole gang of extra training just to get this skill set. So after I completed my doctorate, I did a residency in pelvic health um, at Washington University in St. Louis, where they taught me everything that I know in regards to the physical assessment and taking care of of everyone with a pelvis. Um, But, you know, it wasn't until I went to do um, my sexual um, counseling and education certificate at University of Michigan, where I learned how to properly Mm. do a sexual health interview. And I had I'd taken classes before, so I knew how to do it, but I didn't have it in this like year long training with supervision and mentorship and practice and didactic you know, really structured, rigorous, didactic learning. And I think that because I wanted to have this information, so I actually took that class just to have the knowledge. I didn't really care about any certification. Okay. I just wanted the knowledge for my patients because I just felt I there was a there was a gap in knowledge that I had as a provider to really responsibly take care of their sexual health needs. So I took, yeah. I did this program and then they, they basically forced me to do the certification because they, at the time, I think there were only, I think there was only two PTs in the world or three PTs in the world that had a certification in sexual counseling. Holy and shit. I know. Only and that was like not long ago. Like, I think that was like 2015. Yeah. 2016. I think when I, when I met you or when they had talked about you, they were saying like, oh, like she's one of two in the world. And I was like, really? Is this bad? How come this isn't a thing? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, now there's like a gang of pelvic PTs, which I'm so happy about. There are like a bunch of them are just like rushing to get the certification, um, which I'm I'm just that means that the world has more care, has better care, yes. more informed care. Yes. I'm Absolutely. super excited about it. Yeah, I think that's great. And I hope this inspires like a PT or a public PT listening to 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 get to know that there's other ways to be more inclusive of of the people that you're seeing. Because I think yeah. this is such a special experience to be able to walk into a provider office and be your full self. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about what's coming up for you because you are like everywhere doing all the things. And if you're listening and you're not subscribed to UC Logic on Instagram, go to the show notes because you have to. It is the most entertaining, joyful 
and informative place on my on my whole Instagram. So thank you for thank existing you. there, number one, because I know it's hard for us sex positive people to exist on Instagram. Very hard. <laughs> Tell me what UC Logic is is doing. Well, so I just finished this past Sunday. I um, I finished my Intersections of Racism and Power Healthcare Redefined course. So I I created this six hour course where you get continuing education credit last June in response to all of the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, um, you know, basically when the world got set on fire and I created this in response to that because I was, I was really frustrated and going through a lot. And mind you, I had been talking about diversity, equity, white fragility, all of those things for years as a, as a professor, as a pelvic health physio, as a leader in my field. And so this wasn't something that I just took on all of a sudden. So I, I was shocked at the response. I, I thought, oh, I'll get like three people in the class. And then the first class, it was like 35 people. And I was just like, what? oh my gosh, um, this is a thing, I guess. And so I just did my seventh or eighth class this past Saturday and um, over the past year. And so I am going to turn that into an on-demand class. So I won't be offering it live anymore, at least not for the rest of this year. So that my goal is to have that up and ready to go in September. So then you can purchase it and kind of take the class. And it's about leadership. It's not just about, oh, like, how do I not have bias? It's like, well, we all have bias. We can't not have bias. But it really looks at a historical frame, racism and a historical framework really focused on anti-Black racism from a global perspective. Mm. And um, so I'm really proud of it. So we'll do that. But then I'm also going to be launching an education series in the fall. And that will, the first three classes in your, your homies will be the first to hear about this. So the first three classes are going to be uh, a libido starter kit for women and non-binary vagina owners. We're going to have one specific for Black women and sex. Black women, sex, and the pelvic floor. Oh, my gosh. The world needs this. It just needs to happen. It just needs to happen. This is so exciting. Right? Holy shit. The world is getting a gift from you. Well, yeah. And then the last one is actually, you're going to be surprised, sex and aging. You know what? I need this because I am aging and I have sex. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I think that that I you know I'm tired of seeing all these grown people thinking that their sex lives has to stop because things are changing. Yes, and I just think if we can just have some really informative education that's fun and great to listen to and gives you really helpful tips and homework assignments to help elevate yes. your sexy swag, why the f not? Yes, yes. And rewrite that narrative that, that it's sort of, you have a, a decline. of. Yeah. And again, you know, let's all, we can always go back to the, the 99 problems that patriarchy causes all of us. Sure. Um, and, and this whole idea that, that sex is for young people and sex is for, for people of certain bodies and, and that yeah. kind of stuff just goes away at some point. Yeah, I'm yeah. really glad. I'm so excited. I can't wait to, to see these. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So this Good is- for you. Fall, fall. I don't really have specific months. I'm just going to say fall. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you have amazing merch and I don't know why the hell I'm not wearing your t-shirt. I, I was like focused on my hair. I didn't. So you have Listen. to check out woke is the new sexy clothing line from Dr. <laughs> UC because it is, it is so, okay, first of all, your shirts are good quality, and I like them. Uh, second you. of all, like, it's such a beautiful message, and, and so much about tying equity and, and sexiness and all of that together. So tell us about Woke is the New Sexy. So Woke is the New Sexy, actually, I'm really excited that you brought this up, because I keep forgetting that I have this whole thing on my website. So Woke is, the new, <laughs> yeah, Woke is the New Sexy is actually uh, a learning annex on my website. So it takes all of my UC Logic social media articles, podcasts, and I categorize them based on what what you're looking for. So pregnancy, postpartum, I have a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, male and you know penis owners, we have one for them, right? We have something for pain. We have something for relationships. We have something that's really focused on intersectionality, where we address racism and sex. You know, all of that. So I categorize it in that. So, so Woke is a New Sexy is just basically ways for you to just get free info. And I have these fun t-shirts that I sell and they're there. And I love that. I love it when I see people order them and then they post it on social media. It just warm, warms my heart. And so, and that for me is great because sometimes people, you know, I don't know if you get this, Luna, where people DM you and they say, hey, can we send you some money for Venmo or something like that? And I'm just like, you know, buy my shirt if you want to contribute. Like I love, yeah. you know, contribute to the brand, but, um, but yeah, I, I just, this is something I wanted to offer. Cause you know, I, it's fun. Yeah. And my mom wears it to the grocery store with that my business adorable. cards. It's hilarious. She's like, you're she walking like sandwich board. <laughs> oh yeah. And she hands it to people at church, which is a little awkward. Little. little. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> But I think that you just nailed it about the beauty of, you know, putting your art out into the world or this message out into the world and seeing people wear it is is often more satisfying. It, it's the same for me with Peg the Patriarchy. I, I definitely feel like people connect by seeing the shirt on each other or liking the shirt on each other. And I'm like, if this shirt and Woke is the New Sexy can bring people together to have conversations or even ask, like, what does that mean? Or what do you, what do you mean? Woke is the new sexy. I think that's, that's so powerful. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I love, so if you love Dr. UC and as much as I do, and you want to check out uh, Woke is the new sexy, we're going to put all those links for you in there, but the, the uh, so much of her wisdom, like she's underselling it, but so much of her, her wisdom is in all of these little pockets on, on the site. So definitely you can binge Dr. UC. <laughs> on the Thank site you. and check everything out there's so much good info yeah you know we had such a lovely conversation i finally stopped sweating and <laughs> i was just so excited I, <laughs> it was just like a mix of adrenaline that we had on the trampoline carried into to this space um, <laughs> I, I love the opportunity to talk to clinicians, to talk to women about anal, to, to talk with fun, sex positive, inclusive educators about anal. So thank you so much for all of this incredible wisdom that you've gifted us today. Thank you for having me. This has been a ball and I'm just honored to be you know, here with you and to chat with your homies and the audience. It's just, I'm really excited. So thank you so much for having me.
You're so welcome. And I hope someone does like a artist rendition of our buttholes. Mine with like the neck beard and yours all cute. Does yours want a bow or something? Like what do you want on it? Let's just oh put God. this on. Oh here. my gosh. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is Christmas. Hmm. <laughs> like literally, this is the best Definitely question. Definitely yours needs to have here. big earrings. Like big, cute earrings. No, I need, okay, I, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. I want big okay, gold okay. hoops. <gasps> yes. Big old hoops, like a red lip. Yes. Little pucker, little right? red pucker. <laughs> little red puckers, little red puck puck. Love it. Like, yes, done. Oh, God. Okay. Maybe a bow. A bow tie. A bow tie. A bow tie. With, like, you know what? I own a rhinestone bow tie. I feel like <gasps> your anus could have a rhinestone bow tie. <laughs> I love that, that I was thinking that and then you said it. You see how connected we are? This is why we're friends. <laughs> 1000%. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I hope we can have you back sometime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I'm wondering if we're all on the same page here. Are we all just thinking about Dr. UC's butthole in a rhinestone bow tie? Because <laughs> that's what I was left with. I mean, I don't know why my butthole has a neck beard, but you know what? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a, a reinvention of my butthole. Uh, that episode was just fantastic. The the wisdom, the empathy, the inclusion that Dr. UC brings to any space that she's in, and the amount of things that she's doing. Whew, I can't wait to see what else she does. All of her information is in the show notes. Go follow her. Her her Instagram is hilarious. Um, and her merchandise is amazing, too. Woke is the new sexy. Go check out her free information on there. But also get a shirt so that we can be twinsies. And um, if you have questions about this episode or you have thoughts, and I, I would really love to, to hear from you. So head over to our Instagram, which is the plug by B-Vibe on Instagram. And send us a DM. Leave us a comment or there's an option to leave us a voice message and so you can share your anal tales with us as well. You can also show us some love by liking, rating, or subscribing to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're shopping for treating your butt or for someone else's butt over at bvibe.com, don't forget to use code LUNA, L-U-N-A, and save 30% off of Bvibe branded products. So do some shopping, treat yourself. Until next time, stay Beautiful.